0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm super excited today to have an episode for you that is a candid camp conversation with Cranford Blackman and Sarah Smith. Cranford found me on LinkedIn, I believe, and he has uh, experience in the military, law enforcement, federal anti terror work, and government terrorism response training. And he teaches how to ward off predators, abusers, and escape the danger with his Femme Vincible program. You're not going to want to miss this. You'll have to excuse our, you know, casualness of this conversation. But we sat down on a Zoom call. We recorded it. And whatever's on there at the beginning and at the end is just how it played out. So um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So take a listen. Record. Now, Cranford can go ahead and explain (laughs) what you're all about. (laughs) Now My friend that
1: did that, she actually has a show. And it was the first time we had connected on another event, you know, just in the chat box. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It was like, hey, let's talk, you know. And so we got together and we were talking and she goes, hey, let's record this, you know, because we're in a program that is about getting yourself ready to be on news shows to be yeah you know, yeah that sort of thing news ready
2: goes, news ready they call it
1: yeah yeah she's like yeah. Let's, let's just do it i'm like really i'm like yeah and <laughs> so she turns it on and we start going and then at the end of it she goes all right so if you'll go ahead and send me a headshot and a bio and i'm like going
0: oh <laughs> i thought we were just playing yeah <laughs> funny it's great well we won't ask you to do any of that unless you want to but i'm sure after everybody hears what you have to say they'll be like interested in at least having you on a resource page of the website that yeah because
2: would- you have the, the Vincible website so they can you know view everything there too yeah
1: yeah yeah and i think i even have a link on there somewhere to that interview
2: there you go oh cool
1: it actually turned out pretty good i watched it and i'm like huh.
2: Ah. Not bad. You I have know. to watch it. <laughs> I always am critical of my voice because, like, I don't hear my voice the way it's recorded, and then when I listen to it, I'm like, "That's how I sound like."
1: Yeah, <laughs> Me yeah, too. Everybody I'm, says I'm, that. I do the same with watching myself. I hate. I'm like, do I, re- do, I do? The that
2: mannerisms. When, I it?
1: when I'm talking, you know, it's like. That's know. what I say too about myself. Um, quirky so. I'm quirky. You just get to know it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Let's see. Femvincible started for me several years ago. I think I started it was six or seven years ago when my daughter's best friend in college got attacked. Oh. And it was brutal. I won't share the details because it's, I mean, it's awful. Right. Uh, and I was furious about it because she was a very healthy girl. You know, it's not like she was a frail, small something. And stuff she tried to do that women are taught to do to stop attackers did not work at all
0: oh my gosh
1: you know so i mean she ended up in the hospital and you know she can't have children now i mean it was a it was a horrific event wow i was angry about it because i'm like why is it that there's nothing that really works all the time for any woman yeah why hasn't anybody done that and here I am being you know, self-righteous and angry about it. And in my head, I hear the voice that goes, well, why haven't you done that? Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> <okay."> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I got to thinking about it and I'm like, well, with my background, I mean, I have a lot of law enforcement and military stuff. I'm like, yeah, I guess I could. You know, yeah. Maybe. Since so I have that weird sickness where I enjoy being on stage talking to people. I'm like, okay, I can even do that, you know? Um, and so I, the first thing I put together was just kind of a little how to be safe program and a kind of a rape prevention program. And it was good. You know, I got good feedback on it. Yeah. Uh, I thought that for a year or so. And then I'm just thinking this, this can be better you know, this can really be better. Uh, So I stopped teaching, took a break and started rebuilding everything, which became the Femvincible program. Uh, And, you know, now it's a five course program. There's five parts to it. And the first four courses are all about ways that you can do prevention that you can avoid danger that you can escape danger that you can be seen in such a way that a predator looks at you and goes no not her
0: yeah that's so great
1: yeah and it's it's really neat it's the only challenge that i really have is people always immediately go oh you're self defense instructor <laughs> nope that is not what i do
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean it is a form of It's just not a physical thing. You know
1: what I mean? So actually course number five is what to do when
0: somebody has their hands on you. But it's once you get past all the other stuff that you you get to that. So, I mean, I get, I get it that you're probably fighting off that comment all the time, but, um, I think it's so great because that's encompasses a lot of the things that we talk about in the movement. Um, about safety and feeling safe. And I, I firmly believe that the way you present yourself is everything. And I have probably said this to the group before, but it's like, I use this example where you're in a room and there's a whole bunch of people and everybody's piling in and it's like getting late and they're like, who's in charge here? Like what's happening? And then you see somebody walk in and you're like, oh, she must be in charge. Because you can tell by the way she's presented herself when she came in, whether she was or wasn't in charge, this woman looked like she was in charge of things. And that's what I want all the women that I work with to feel like, whether you're in charge of something or nothing, if you feel like you are, you will look like you are. And that must be what you're teaching, I would think.
1: I mean, everything that gives you confidence in yourself Makes you give off a vibe, you know, I mean, you know, when a confident woman walks up, you know, I I can think of, you know, teachers from when I was in high school and junior high that might've been tiny, but man, when they were walking down the hallway and had that look, it was like the waters parting before (laughs) Moses, you know, you just didn't get in her way, no matter how small she was, you know I mean? Because she was giving off the vibe. Yeah. It's because of her confidence and her position there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, women might be confident in their position at work, but what happens when you get off work and now you're at the subway station? Yeah. Parking lot or walking up to your dark apartment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, every, everything that I teach is about all the stuff you can do that you can already do that you just didn't know. Nobody's taught you mom and dad didn't know to teach you because grandma and grandpa didn't know to teach them and it's stuff that women used to do thousands of years ago when their lives were at risk every day because of the saber-toothed tigers and you know the whoever else is around you know they were used to being safe and taking care of themselves but
0: yeah we call that fight or flight mode but we tell women we don't want you to be in fight or flight mode all the time because it's bad for your um Body and your emotional state, but I feel like being ready in a positive way is different. Yeah, I
2: mean, you should be able to identify the times where it's necessary and the times where you're just being hyper vigilant from your triggers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you you really learn how to manage it. Yeah. Over, over your lifetime.
1: And I think that when you learn that. I kind of call it a whole life confidence because every, literally everything I teach, you could use in how to run your business. Wow. Because it is not just about a bad guy trying to hurt you.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: about a challenge you're facing, you know, and it might be a positive challenge. It might be, if I get this right, I'm promoted to the C-suite of my business. Or it might be, that's the person I really want to date, you know, they're both challenges and there are all these tools that you have access to that you're not aware of, uh, that you can move through them this very same way that if, you know, the challenge is someone coming into your apartment right. uh, or someone trying to push you into a car on the road. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really neat to look at it that way. Because then all of a sudden, instead of being a class about protecting yourself, it comes it's a class about personal transformation and self-empowerment. You know, I don't empower you because I can't give you power. You, you were born with power. You know, it's already in every person. Yeah. Uh, I can show it to you and show <laughs> you some cool things to do with it. But I didn't give it to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's great.
1: So it's, it's really kind of a transformational program using how to be so powerfully you that a predator is just going, nope.
0: (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah, And it's funny you say that because we, um, you know, we're always talking about that, about um, having that transformation in your life and being aware of all these things. And it's like, it really does seem like it would mesh great with what we do, honestly. Um, so Sarah, um, so we were just talking about some of the things. So tell Cranford about when we, you know, we met and all that and the things that were happening to you that led you to needing to find these things to keep yourself safe. The things that I always ask you to share with other women. So kind of give him, can you give him like a little overview
2: yeah. That stuff. Um I really just felt like no matter what uh I did per the law, like what you're supposed to do, I still wasn't getting anywhere. So I'm like, what is why I'm just spinning my wheels. Like what's the purpose of this? Um and I just got to the point where I was so exhausted and so like mentally, physically and just like at this point I'd rather die. I'd rather just let them kill me because I mean at this point I'm not safe no matter what apartment I'm in. I'm not safe with my records anywhere because you know he could sell, you know, sand to a beach. I mean, he walked into a bank and gave them information, not my address, not my social security number. He'd literally convinced them to give me my bank account information. And it's like, what? And he was prior military. So it's like, I just felt like I there was no point. What do I have to do? Go underground? Like, you know, and that's when really I was like change my name. <laughs> And the whole thing. Um, and I, I can't even remember how I got connected with, you. oh, Mary okay. DeLella, Um, she was the advocate through one of the sheriff's offices. Um, and I got in touch with her. She got me in touch with Karen. And then Karen got me in touch with Kate Cerulli, who's not only a doctor, but she's a lawyer. <laughs> um, and she was kind of involved in this domestic violence and knew some of the higher people up in the city that we live in. Um, And I started gaining ground and I started feeling confident again and really helping my brain process it instead of just being in this chaos for on and off for 10 years. You know, like I wouldn't see him for three months. I moved to Florida and then all of a sudden he showed up at like my work and like 1500 miles away. Like, so really processing all of it. And it was really powerful. Karen and I sat at a Starbucks with uh Kate Cerulli and she just started asking me questions and she built this timeline this is when things happened and uh, for me it was all mishmash I was like wait did that happen before this or after that and she put it on this like piece of paper and it became like an 11 by 17 timeline
0: there was a lot of of crying involved of my (laughs) life
2: of my life and you know what it took away from me and um you know how I was just being I, I want to use the word silence, but it's like, you know, every single time they he got bailed out of jail and he would just do the same thing. And I'm like, What's the point? Like,
0: yeah, so
2: um that's where kind of things changed for me. Um and my trauma really started, even though I was having trauma then, my real trauma started because someone I was seeing um actually committed suicide, and immediately I thought it was my abuser that killed him. Um, and this was the same time I said I'm not doing this anymore (laughs) (laughs) and I pulled off on the side of the road and I said now I I just things have to change and that's that's when I did all of this and um, that it was that was 2011 um, and I just started screaming from the mountaintop (laughs) Uh, you know like anybody that would listen to me any email that I could find any you know city person that you know I just kept shouting it and Karen would go to court with me and judges just don't understand it and he would be in different towns so the other towns didn't know that he was doing the same thing and so they finally had something in the city where they combine all of that Um, so he did end up going to jail prison for five years Um, you know it wasn't just me that he did this stuff to he did it to family friends all kinds he was deeply disturbed and I was her
0: advocate for, so I was a court advocate during that time. So I was kind of like the connector for people. Like I got myself connected with the police departments, the captains, the sheriffs, the judges, everybody, the, the, um, police advocates, that's who, um, Mary DeLello was. And pretty soon that woman was calling me all the time. Like, gosh, if this was a paid service, I'd be rich. You know, that was getting us all kinds of calls. But the, you know, obviously the reason I did it it was out of the goodness of my heart, but I, you know, thought I'm going to provide power in knowledge. And so when women... So Sarah didn't happen to have children, but most of the women that I was dealing with were in domestics and had children. And these guys would show up at their door and be like, well, the court said you have to give me this child. But yet that guy was either drunk or under the influence of some sort. And the judge went home, the attorney went home, there's no one for her to call. So they would call me. And I'm like, well, damn it, I'm going to find out you're not going to go to jail. I'm going to go to jail if I don't hand over my kid. That's what I was being told time and time again. So I would call all my connections and say, here's the scenario, is she going to go to jail? And they're like, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, a police officer is going to say, oh, this is a family court matter. You need to take it to family court. They're not going to arrest her, of course. So I started arming women with this knowledge because they just didn't know. And they were terrified of the court system because most of them had never been inside of a courthouse. That's why I loved being their advocate. So um, but then there was the people like Sarah, who was already like, even though she felt like she was defeated, I could see she was much stronger. And there was her and a few others, uh, Christine Alborn. She also these women have documents like you can't believe and paper trails and text messages and proof beyond belief.
2: And they were still getting nowhere. Police officers wouldn't even take reports sometimes. And I said, I am not going to leave this right now until you give me a document or an incident number i would have to pressure them to do their job they'd be like oh this is just a bad breakup i go no it's not (laughs) like like i'm not going to sit here and convince you i'm i'm telling you you know whether you know i believe in that look in your system you know what i mean like i don't know what to tell you so they don't follow the law they don't believe you a lot of the time they don't they're not prepared for domestic not all cops are bad that's not what i'm saying I'm yeah. just saying they're not prepared for these things. and As we've seen in the news, they're not. They're not prepared for mental illness. They're not prepared for these types of situations. They're prepared for other scenarios of what they're trained for.
0: Yeah, and um, the judges also, my big fight was get the judges educated on domestic abuse because the cases that were being seen in family court really should have been seen in um, criminal court, hands down. But it just didn't yeah. work that way. And. Can't you can only fight the fight for so long.
2: <laughs> There's a it's caveat funny. there too that I wanted to mention because Karen, you stated um a lot of them had a children, a lot of them had that was my the number two thing for me Cranford. No one wanted to listen to me because I was a white woman from an a you know a, a nicer side of town. I didn't have any kids, I didn't have bruises on my body, I didn't have a drug addiction, I wasn't, you know, an alcoholic. And I had a college degree. So they didn't believe me. They're like, how could she be in this situation? And it's like, <laughs> like, yeah, really? So like, frustrating,
1: you know, yeah. I, mean, I, I used to be a police, you know, so I mean, I've seen other police do that where they're deciding, well, yeah. what this yeah. is and me, I'm going, you don't get to decide.
2: No, that's
1: you not know, your decision. That's what the courts are for you know, we let people come to court and talk about it, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah, that sort of stuff's frustrating. I mean, it, and just like what you're talking about, you know, your ex would get out of jail and show up again. That was one of the tough things for me is I love being a police because I mean, I'm a, I like putting the bad guys away. I love the feeling of protecting people, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if Karen told you, but I'm, I'm actually a survivor of childhood. Yeah. Uh, abuse and some pretty awful stuff so I've kind of been a protector my whole life and to arrest people and then see them on the street again in three weeks and I arrested him for aggravated assault yeah it's like what
2: especially with priors like on the back of the arrest warrant I used to love this I used to show this in court all the time I don't remember you Karen literally on the back of the arrest warrant it literally says this order of protection if violated is a federal offense 33 times he violated that and nothing ever happened yeah <laughs> like,
0: that's great why, why
2: print it just stop printing it save some money
1: yeah <laughs> yeah save those tax dollars right yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Like, it was just a complete waste of time Half, you know and and there, then you know a handful of times I feared for my life the last time is when I said I- I'm done with this you know at, so, at a nice point and you know telling me to take money out of the bank and took me out into like the woods just left me there. Like I thought he was going to choke me out. Like I'm like, this is I'm done.
0: Yeah. So when she finally did, here's the best story. When she finally did <sighs> get her, her apartment, <laughs> cause she was living in a car. She was going from car to car
2: and couch to couch to evade him all the time. I was moving from County to County. Yeah. I would go to my friend's house in one County, stay there for a day or two. I would go to another county and stay at a friend's house, and then I would go to another county. So, like in the trunk of my car was like my shoes, my clothes to go to it was work. Very organized. My, my jewelry. The dogs were in the back seat, and I always had somewhere to keep them during the day. Like it, it's like it became yeah. my life. And you know, like I think it was Kate who was like she's couch surfing.
0: Yeah. So she, um, so I think somewhere in between this and where, when she ended up in her apartment, she started to learn how to. Like, oh, he broke into my bank account or my um, credit card, or I have an apartment now. So like, how am I going to protect myself? So she got this apartment and we helped her and everything. And like, she, she basically was like, said, I woke up in the morning, the first morning and looked in the ceiling and was like, thank you for the ceiling. Like looking at the roof of your car forever is, you know, not a home. And so just that simple thing, it always struck me because people don't appreciate what they have in the first place, but to be so appreciative. But then after a while, she was posting things to, to me and my daughter's also a life coach. And she was like buying all this stuff. And I said, I think Sarah's gone crazy with shopping because she was so happy to have a place to even buy a little stand or a little vase or something and like that just brought me so much joy but in my other
2: apartments I would have that stuff and he would come and destroy it like the one time he came he broke into my apartment and he took not my casual clothes all my dress clothes in order to go to work he put them in the bathtub and covered them in blood and bleach so I couldn't go to work like like what
0: yeah that's gross where did you get blood from I don't
2: him he punched all the mirrors in the apartment he like tried you know destroyed everything because he never wanted me to succeed better than him you know that was a big part of his whatever you want to call it sociopathic behaviors um yeah right so
0: she then needed to um figure out how to like she found an apartment where you had to be buzzed in and it was mostly older people, wasn't it? <laughs> we used to laugh. It was like a senior community. Like, yeah. places, like she didn't leave where she lived to hide from him. She was able to stay where she was, but found ways to not have him find her aside from crossing paths. But even then you knew where he hung out and you stayed I took different
2: ways to work all the time. I had a new job by then. Um, I did not hang out with any of the same people that knew him anymore. My family, I didn't hang out with them. Um, I, uh, I actually tried changing my car or my car. I was going to paint my car a different color. And I was like, that's too expensive, but, um, yeah, I just changed everything in my life, you know, completely. Um, and that's when I went through the whole process of actually changing my name. So not only did I change my name, I changed my social security number. I went through a complete identity change. I work with a law firm in Boston because people here in Rochester hadn't been through it before. and. I was just telling Karen this the other day, when I was working with the DMV, and I had called them, they're like, uh, you're the third person this year that has called us to do this. She's like, so this is, she's like, I've worked here for 23 years. She's like, this is the first time we're seeing it. So even back then in 2011, it was on the rise. I can only imagine what it's like now.
0: Yeah. And then we have a Uh, Is it here, just here, that we have that PO box? The it's for survivors, so you change your mailing address. I did that
2: back then. Yeah, it's a PO box in like Albany or something, and then they forward the mail to you. You you know what I mean, so that you can hide yourself that way. I wasn't on any social media at the time. I canceled everything. I contacted Google and said, "Can you remove these things?" And I said, "I have a police order." Blah blah blah. He did post pictures of me online, and I had to like contact the company and. They weren't willing to do it. Cause of course it was like some server in like the Netherlands or something. And they were trying to get me to pay money. And I go, no, I have a police order. And so that worked out thankfully. Uh,
0: but but yeah, like I mean. Doing those things, it's in the doing of those things. Like, oh my gosh, he found this. Oh my gosh, this popped up is where she learned how to fix that and how to come you know, around. and And it's like, not only Sarah, but other women I helped we found that advocating for yourself got you much further than the court appointed attorney, or even the high expensive priced attorney. She was just like, screw this. I'm going to do this myself because I can explain this better. And I can, you know, and I have all the records right here. So that's sort of sad that, you know, you can't even count on your attorney to do a good job for you, but she was just doing all these things and finding things one after the other that he just continuously kept finding and then so she was like well I'm going to be in an apartment that you have to be buzzed in so all that fixes that um what can I do with my phone oh she figured that I Changed out. my
2: phone number probably I don't know eight or nine times in one year <laughs> and you know just, like yeah and you know, then like the security
0: around your your where you were living at the time like all these things I, I didn't
2: go anywhere for like a year even in that apartment I didn't go anywhere by myself I didn't go to the grocery store by myself I didn't walk my dogs by myself like I did nothing by myself for like a full year. Yeah. If and not it, more, you know, because they couldn't find him. Of course, he fled the state when yeah. it was at the end of his rope. He fled the state and went to Florida. Um, So, you know, uh, but they eventually did find him. And, and it's funny because it was Mary that called me. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like... Mary Dalella, I was in California at the time for work. And she's just like, hey, I just got a tip that his stepfather passed away. And I go, he'll be back in town. He absolutely will. And hmm. I'm like, I'm not telling you to go to the funeral home and arrest him across the street you know what i mean like and they didn't find him but two days later they found him randomly at like a gas station or something yeah so yeah so that's frustrating to me that there are guys
1: i mean and uh, this is nothing about you sarah but there are i mean there are guys that are doing those things and intending to find women that they can do that to you know i mean oh yeah he
2: did this to his he, i mean he did these things to his parents he did these things to his friends um i just happened to be on a, a different scale obviously because you, you there was no breaking up with him you know what i mean like he literally when he knew i was dating my fiance that committed suicide um when he found out and like he would be like oh i hope we can be friends and i can live next door to you someday i'm like <laughs> <laughs> like it was just like my brain just couldn't comprehend it you know Um yeah it was just yeah bizarre. so anyway
0: she's a good resource for well she has been all these years for the women I was helping and now for the movement if we need but I just feel like oh you're having troubles oh I have someone I want you to talk to <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah I mean I still honestly would love like you said Cranford when you know that you're not you're like, this can be better. I still have this want to like go to college campuses and talk to women about this and even guys, because they're getting abused now, you know, obviously. And I don't know, I want to do more. I just haven't found that platform yet um, to, to be able to do that.
1: Oh, I'll tell you, I've I've researched all the colleges, all of the colleges in Utah, because I decided I want to reach out to colleges, you know, to how do I reach the most women possible? Yeah. Closest area, you know, as opposed to having to try to go one person at a time.
2: Yeah.
1: And I was researching what they have uh, for violence prevention. They've got nothing. I mean, well, Mm -hmm. you can download their PDF of don't accept drinks from strangers, (laughs) keep up with your drink be sure to walk with somebody, lock your door. I'm like, come on, that's what you've got, you know? And it's, it's the same <laughs> stuff that's been around for a hundred years. Yeah. And, and then it's I, archaic,
2: you know, like it's uh, not with the times at all. Yeah, and there,
1: It's, it's all passive stuff, you know, where yeah. I, I try to tell people, I want you to do an active life of prevention. It's not about being afraid of everything. It's about being so alive that Nobody wants to pick you, you know, but that what they have, and I found this everywhere, even in uh, the battered women's shelter, where I was getting my therapy services, because there was nothing for men. Yeah, Um, sounds about right. You know, know, they have, here's some prevention education, which who reads, because that won't happen to me, you know. I live in a good neighborhood. I only date nice guys. I only, well, you know, yeah. and even even the girls over at the Women's Center will tell me, nobody reads this stuff, Yeah, they won't read it. So there's the edu- the educational, you know, be, you're forewarned now. And then there's advocacy for victims, which that's important. But yeah. there's, there's this massive space in the middle where there's a million things that could be done to prevent and avoid, or at least to you know, reduce the effect of something that's going on to stop it before it becomes something terrible. Yeah,
2: there's so much proactive stuff that people could be doing. Like that would have been beneficial for me when I was in college. If, yeah. Honestly, that's when I met him when I was in community college. <laughs> I would have probably benefited from that, seen the yeah. signs, Had resources, you know what I mean? So now, you know, I was in California for a job for two years and I was hiring kids from the college and I had reached out to one of the people that had put it on and I said to her, you know, some of these kids need some life skills you know, they're coming up to me, giving me their resume and they're like shaking my hand, like it's a wet paper bag. And like, they don't know how to talk. They don't know how to present themselves Yeah. But like 4. 0 or better kids. So like, I want to hire them, but they're not going to perform yeah. on a phone call. They're going to be quiet. They're not assertive. They don't have any life skills. And so I was talking to her about that. I said, plus, you know, there's this whole other thing. I said, I, you know, I could be teaching them other things like dating violence and things like that. Like she had zero interest in, in any of that. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Kids are so smart, like way smarter than me. You know what I mean? Like when I was in college, but they're not teaching them any life skills as we've seen, we're not teaching financial skills. We're not teaching social skills. We're not teaching TV skills. Like There's so much that you should be learning out of college. You're paying me billions of dollars, and I feel like
0: the women that that I was an advocate for were already whatever happened. Like because my coaching is getting to the root cause of what, you know that you're um, in you know feeling and then identifying it and then moving past it. But there's that point from when I met them in the court system; they're already broken down. They've already been beaten, battered, whatever, abused, and then. The fear factor between then and then. So, say they win their case, whatever, but now this guy is still out there. Like, I probably could have used that information too, because I couldn't help them at that point. Like, somebody had said this to me, it was so profound. Their person got arrested. And um, what was it called, Sarah? That something vine where you could look up. It's called vine. That's exactly oh, okay. what it's called. Right. And so, when they get released,
2: that, they'll let you know that they're getting released.
0: Right. And before that, though, and I think a lot of the work, honestly, that I did and other people, those things came about because of it. But they she said he got arrested and now I'm home. But now this morning when I wake up and I go out my door, like, how should I feel? Right. She's like, I feel scared. I where is he? Did they let him out? He could be out. He could be like, how do you live your life like that? Right. But now you're looking like probably the women that you're trying to train you're scared to death. And how does a person go on with their life? Like, yeah, they arrested them, but I have no idea what happened in the courthouse. I have no idea if they let them out last night or they're gonna in two weeks. So now for two weeks, I have to be terrified. And how am I gonna know when- I still
2: have high levels of hypervigilance. still to the staff, so-
0: For
1: sure. Um, and the, the other thing that's really awful, I mean, this is just one of those horrible things that's in the system is that after a woman, after a woman's been attacked or abused or, you know, in an abusive relationship without any new training, any new knowledge, she is 40% more likely to be re-victimized than someone who hasn't, I mean, what a, horrible twist of fate, right? That somebody that's already been victimized is now more likely to be victimized.
0: Yeah. That's, and that's that gray area I'm talking about right there. Or they pick another partner. That's just, uh, I always say this, they're a little bit better than the one before, but not great (laughs) because they don't have the self-esteem and the self-worth to pick somebody that they need a
2: different foundation to build on. And I like to use the analogy that like, um, Oh God, what was it? I just was just talking to someone and they left and I had like a really great analogy. It'll come back to me, go on. Well, so the
0: other reason people got re-victimized is what we found was in the court system. I have seen judges re-victimize my clients by saying things like, and, and I would, part of my work was court watch and we would watch court and then evaluate everybody and then send this newsletter back to them saying what we found about them while watching court. And this poor woman spent, I don't know, 30 minutes explaining this horrific thing that happened. And the judge said, well, I don't see any bruises on your neck. Uh I was like, did he just say that? Like my head almost spun off my shoulders. And that, so she was terrified. She had an infant baby, 20 something years old, just been brutally beaten. And by the time she got to court, of course, this was all healed. And and he said that. I was like, oh. So
2: yeah, revictimized not only by other abusers
0: but by the court system. So that's sad. when the
2: that's when the judge, because I spoke up in court that one time and I said, "What if this was your daughter? Would you be treating Would you be treating it the same way?"
0: That's why you need not to have an attorney because the attorney will shut you up right away. And if you don't have one, you're free to say what you want.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you'd be treating this completely different if this was your daughter. Yep. You know, but no, you just consider yeah. me just another person in the court system. I must be here for a reason.
1: Yeah, there's a, a girl, well, was, and your story, Sarah, reminded me of this. There's a girl that was down at University of Utah. And this was just a couple of years ago. Uh, she dated this guy a couple of times. And then she's like, he's wonky, something's wrong. Yeah. And so he was sort of like, we're not gonna break up. Plus, yeah. She, so she starts reporting to everyone that she's afraid. He's stalking me. I'm afraid.
0: That's good. You know, afraid.
1: And nobody listened. Oh. The local police didn't, the university police didn't, the women's center didn't. And then all of a sudden nobody could find her. Mm. And a couple of days later, when they arrested him, they found her buried in his yard
2: oh my god that happened here right right when i was and remember when i was in the women's shelter karen the girl at brockport got stabbed 57 times oh yeah yeah from that that kid and she had reported it she had constantly said something to the school he stabbed her with like scissors pencils pens, knives 57 times
1: yeah it's crazy you know i mean that i mean how does anybody in this day and age hear something like that and go uh, you're probably just blowing it out of proportion. We can
2: find cells, okay, all over the United States, but we can't protect women from a guy who we've reported. I know. Terror cells are hiding. These people yeah. are hiding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> these I, have been reported. Are sitting there out in the public, repeatedly doing these things. So yeah. that's to me, you're not putting enough into it. You're you're making us not important anymore, and that's just wrong
0: so I was wondering we were talking about it um Cranston and I maybe we could somehow do a training maybe the three of us or the two of you or whatever um that we could use to put out into the world of just I mean we probably should learn what your is all involved in your training (laughs) before we uh, because we're just you know we're lived experience people so we have the lived experience and information from what has happened, but you have, it sounds like a good program that has been working, I would hope for people. Yeah. 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 And it, it's,
1: <laughs> it's kind of funny. I remember somebody asking me in a class one time, so have people used the stuff you've taught them? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I was thinking in the response to something that's already happened. And my wife, who also taught with me, she's like, of course they have use it every day because it's about having greater awareness. It's about how to turn on your intuition it's about how to recognize your gut instinct. It's about how to see what's around you that you can use as a resource you know yeah. yes you all the time it is not like you know when somebody grabs you here you turn this way and yeah. you're, you know <laughs> that's that's a violence response you know we're teaching violence prevention. Yeah.
0: um, And it it does stay with you. I did take a course once where it was a police officer training. And um, the thing out of that whole thing that I remembered was all the things he told, and he's a friend of ours, To not park in between two big trucks and your tiny little Volvo, you know, because you're then now no one's going to see you. Or when you get into your car back in and be looking out all the time around you and just things like that, like little things like that stuck with me. And I still, to this day, always do that. Um, There's a guy, his name is Patrick Crow. He's a um, private investor or an investigator. And he worked in Rochester, New York for many years. And he wrote a book, uh, American crime book, where he talked about all the cases that he was on. It's all his experience. And then he also wrote um, the serpents among us. And it's about child predators. It was just like, Oh my God. And it was his actual cases that, and him and his wife, his wife and I are really good friends. And um, he, he taught me so many things too, just from the years that I connected myself with him as, cause he was my go-to guy for a long time. Is this going to happen if she does this, what happens if this happens, you know? And I, cause I wanted it from a source that was reliable, not just some um, You know, police officers were very tainted over time. And I have a very, very good friend who was a a police officer at the time. And he's like, I'm going to just tell you this. When I get a call from a woman who tells me to come there right now because her boyfriend's beating her up. And then I get there and I begin to arrest him. And she jumps on my neck and says, no, no, because that's her breadwinner. And I don't know, he's like, I don't know what she thought I was going to do there, but she called, I came, and then she tried to attack me when I tried to take him away. So this is why they're tainted, and they don't believe us, educated, (laughs) nice women who are, you know, calling for a real reason, you know.
2: That's also part of the abuse, though, which is what they don't understand, you know what I mean? Like, even when they do get arrested, and you do go to court, then they wind up dropping the charges, you know what I mean? Like, so the fact that the court nowadays can't see through that like it doesn't matter if they want to drop it or not by the time it gets to a certain point there should be no going back right you know
1: so there was a nice law that was in georgia that they implemented while i was a police officer in georgia where if i was called to a domestic uh violence call and there were marks on her. Like if I get over there and her lips bleeding or she's got a black eye or I can see bruises on her.
2: He gets yeah, arrested.
1: I can, I can make the arrest okay. without her making a charge.
2: Oh yeah.
1: I see what's happened. She can't even come to court and drop those charges. But I think
2: would, that that's the case in New York
1: too. Yeah, it, it would is. allow us to I go. Think so. Even if, you know, because if he's threatened her now, don't you arrest me because when I get out, I'll kill you. You know, even we've taken that out of the situation Yeah. to go, I can remove him from the situation so that she's now safe and she can actually think calmly about what needs to happen.
0: Right. And that's the problem that's right there.
1: That was a good law. When, yeah. yeah.
0: There's another Southern state that somebody told me that um, if, you, if you a domestic call happens, they just get arrested and go to jail and there's like no question. And I thought, gosh, that's so great. It was a while ago. I don't know if they've changed anything here, but it's the when they get out part of the story that's so terrible. And um, some of the women, I've had a few on my podcast. One who's now one of the um, ambassadors on our our movement. She, her story is horrific. She was on the that TV show, The Doctors. Um because she was beaten so badly and they offered to fix her face and everything it was yeah it was bad anyway she tells her whole story in detail on my podcast and um i keep thinking what's going to happen when this guy gets out i mean has anybody thought about that and what what a lot of the women that that come forward who i you know we're encouraging women to tell their stories that's what we're doing right now with the movement we're in the tell your story and be set free phase but they have to be at a point where they have already told it many times and they are free to tell it. And they're not in fear of any kind of retaliation from it. So, and the ones that don't want to, they want to tell their story and feel that feeling of liberation, but don't want their face or they can, we could do the Q and A where it'll just be written. It'll just be words on paper and then we'll post it on our site. Or we could do an audio with you know, not their face and not their name.
2: So, I'm on the website, but there's just a picture, like a stock photo, you know what I mean? Like,
0: people yeah. don't
2: know me as Sarah Smith, they don't connect the two people, because I had a different name, you know what I mean? He was released 2018, 19? I and now, he's, now.
0: he's torturing someone else, I think, uh, right? yeah
2: <laughs> he, Last I knew, he's with the girl that he was in rehab with, and they had a baby, so that's disturbing in itself, but, you know, whatever. <laughs>
1: You know, I'll tell you, I don't know if I mentioned this, uh, Karen, the, the last program that I do, the level five program, you know, it's not based on martial arts. It's not based on combat moves, because when I, when I put it together, I thought about, you know, the guys I've arrested for sexual assault, the guys I've arrested for rape, the guys I've arrested for battery, they're not, they're not just attacking women who are fit enough to take Self-defense courses. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, okay, this has to be something else that's not based on strength or techniques or
0: yeah, complex things. So, have you figured other- it out? Like what it like? What makes you look like I am so frail? It's ridiculous. Like you could probably knock me over if you blow hard, right, Sarah?
1: Oh, I had a friend. <laughs> this is no joke. She was <laughs> one of my first clients ever, and. Uh, I mean, she she was tiny, you know. She's about this big around at her biggest part, you yeah. know. And she's got bad joints. She can't do a self defense class because her joints are too bad. Plus, she was afraid of the guys that were instructing because they seemed too militant and too aggressive. So it just triggered her, you know. Yeah. And so she's like, "Can I do it?" I'm like, "You better believe you can do it because yeah. what I teach is not based on strength or technique." Right. And she went through all of my courses that I had back then. And no joke, that woman is full of fire. She was telling me a story. She was an accountant. She had her own office. And (laughs) she was telling me, she goes, come on over. I got a story to share with you. And I get over there and she goes, this guy came in and he was making me feel uncomfortable. And I walked up to him like this and she walked up to me like she did. And it backed me up. (laughs) I mean, it was just her energy and focus. I mean, I taught this stuff, you know, and it backed me up out the door. Wow. And, yeah, so,
2: yeah I get to the point now where yeah. like, I sometimes think I probably shouldn't have addressed that situation because the person could have had a knife or a gun and I'm like, I don't care at this point. You know what I mean? I see another person in crisis, I'm stepping in. You know, especially when it comes to DV or if it comes to, in fact, that apartment complex that I was living in, there was a woman caring for an elderly woman there and she was speaking like very aggressively to her one day and like threw her sandwich at her and I'm like she's 99 years old. (laughs) no that's yeah. not how you treat people then i called social services and i got the whole thing like yeah like you if you can't be a human being you shouldn't be in that role and if i see something i say something 100 yeah. percent of the time now
0: <laughs> yeah that's our motto see something say something absolutely I, oh I, I forgot what story
1: i was i forgot my my track i was going <laughs> to.
2: The,
1: the stuff that i teach is it's a lot of it is based on either animal responses that animals do to other animals or uh, neurophysiology or psycho uh, psychological warfare techniques. And so it's really neat because one of the things that I see that doing is, well, first of all, it doesn't require you to have strength because you're doing things that affect a guy's brain and his focus and his ability to think now
0: right
2: Uh,
1: but on top of that some of the stuff is really harsh i've had friends that are doctors going you're teaching people what (laughs) yep because you know women have the right to to be just as dangerous when a guy comes towards them threatening their life yeah i believe you should have the. and what i want is even if somebody does end up attacking someone that i've trained that that guy never forgets that day and every time he goes to grab a woman he's going to think what if she was like that last one
2: yeah i, mean, mm-hmm.
1: I still don't have the stitches out of my eye i still can't feel you know the nerves that go on my right leg
2: you know yeah. that it's
1: so bad i mean and maybe that sounds terrible but no you know, I want the response to be so much that that guy is psychologically impacted if he makes it through the event.
2: Yeah. But every
1: time he looks at a woman now, he goes, I'm just not sure.
0: Yeah. Because you know,
1: if, if every, if women remember that strength they have. Yeah. There's fewer and fewer and fewer targets that a predator is willing to choose.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, so like my, my like, previous ways aren't working anymore.
0: Your background is so interesting, Cranford. Like I was reading, this, um, with experience in military law enforcement, federal anti-terror work sounds so scary. Government terrorism response training—that just like what did you used to do? You seem so so kind and sweet, and I can't picture it. Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know it, it, it's it's pretty funny. You know, I guess people have an idea of what somebody that does. Were you that
0: waterboarding is. people? <laughs> No, that's what I right. that's what I think,,
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I've done you know, municipal law enforcement, I've done state corrections and county corrections. I was a federal agent for a while. Okay. Uh, I did the army, I did the air Force, you know, I did terrorism response training for the military to teach them what to do when stuff happened. okay uh, yeah <laughs> there's there's quite a bit there, you know, and it's it's really interesting because I look at all of it. I was having this talk with my wife the other day because to me, it's just, I'm just regular guy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but most other people go, you did what? <laughs> you know, um, well, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of cool, but, you yeah. know, and it's but funny it's- that I forget that people don't know the stuff I know. I mean, what is
2: common
1: yeah. to me you know, I mean, even some of the simplest things people hear and go, I had no
2: idea I could do that. Yeah. That's the greatest thing about teaching other women or other people that have been through abuse. Like if I can do this, you can do this. You know and, what I mean? Like yeah. you, we all just, have it think, in us. You know what the I mean? Same
0: thing with coaching. Like I say things to people that I'm like, well, that's just common knowledge. Right. And they're like, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Right. Cause to me, to us coaches, it's like, we do this all the time and it, I love when women are like, they had an epiphany just because I said one thing, you know? Yeah. So anyway, we should brainstorm a little bit about at some point, um, because I'm hoping my husband's making dinner right now. (laughs) I don't know what time it is there, but um, on how we can maybe collaborate in some way and
2: do do a podcast on maybe a part here are the top five things that I would recommend to keep yourself safe before or after. And then yeah. can go into here's how you should present yourself when you're in public or you know you're out yeah. somewhere and you're feeling we can weird do it
0: like this like a video and record it and then we can yeah. post it on our page and then I can also use it on my podcast
2: right and then Karen you'd be the third prong if you're going to be a part of it and say here are the things you should be building within yourself and your life to get to the next Yeah, it's like, Um, oh, that's, that's what I was saying. The analogy finally came to me. Um, (laughs) I don't believe if people are on medication and they're not in therapy, it's not going to work. You have to do therapy and medication. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't do some of the things, you know what I mean? Like people say, oh, I'm ultra Christian. Well, what you just did isn't. So (laughs) it's like, you know what I mean? Like not everybody's following. it, but again, if you're going to be following something, you have to do the work. Yeah. You know, if you're I'm just sure. taking a pill and you think it's going to magically make your life better when you're not fixing everything else inside of you. You're yeah. And it's going to get anywhere.
0: That's all the stuff in that book from Mastin Kip I was telling you about Cranston is that that's what he talks about. You, a pill is not going to help you make hard life choices. No, it's not going to help you with it. It's just going to, you know, you might need to take it, but you also need to work on your your thought process and, and all. That's you know? just another tool
2: that That's we not going to fix it. Right. It's like so. you know, uh,
1: another funny thing people are surprised in is I require journaling in my courses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for sure. Because, uh, here's the thing, no matter what black belt you have, no matter how many gun programs you've gone through, when you're facing a real danger, the stuff that is written into your subconscious about who you are, will affect if you can respond. Yes, You know, it doesn't matter how many trophies you have when you're facing the real life and death thing. And all yep. of a sudden that part that you heard from your ex, from your dad, from your parents, from whoever that said you aren't even worth saving, yeah, come up. And, you know, I'll, I'll have to send you a link to that, uh, to, the, uh, to Brenda's interview, her name's Brenda Warren. She's a retired Marine. And she talks about in our interview, she goes, yeah. I've done hand to hand combat, I've taken taekwondo, and when I was attacked, all that was gone,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. you know. And there's uh, a lot about what we're extra stuff, you can't just, you yeah. Know, that's what I used to just teach a self defense class, yeah. There's yep. so much internal work that must be done if you don't love you, which I know this is going to sound crazy for a guy yeah. that teaches mm-hmm. what I do. If you don't love you, The stuff that I teach you, you probably won't even do.
2: If you have that wall up, nothing, any of the three of us say is going to make any difference.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just, that's what the basis of my coaching is about is, you know, it's just like everything except for the stuff you're teaching, but that finding that root cause, what caused you to feel this way in the first place, whether it was childhood or an abusive partner. And then my feeling is I don't want to harp on it because, you know, talking about the past just keeps it alive and well, and it keeps it perpetuating every decision you make. Right. And so if you your father beat you or something, right. Mm-hmm. And then you're presented with a man in your face and you didn't have any emotional healing, you're going to react the same way and it won't be good in any event. Right. So you're probably going to, do whatever you did when you were five or whatever and it's giving in being a doormat like women do it all the time like this is just all they know they're they don't feel strong and my goal in life is to make every woman be like I am woman hear me
2: roar <laughs> That's and you I- go through different phases in life you know what I mean yeah. like the things I'm working on now I would have never been able to work on when I was 30 even yeah. after the abuse it's a there's yeah. different phases of things, like you don't think of things, you know, and and through my therapy, like I've gotten even deeper into things where I didn't even think about it before, you know, so then was a phase because I was recovering and going through certain things, but, you know, in the aftermath, now I'm dealing with Cranford, I'm sure I didn't go through what you did as a child, but, you know, now I see the ancestral trauma, why my mom wasn't loving, why my dad? You know what I mean? Like so now I'm like, oh, that's why I've done that all these years.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's because yeah. your brain is free and clear, right? The way I like to yeah. explain it is your your brain is just filled, and it's just stuff is just getting packed in and packed in and packed in, right? right? So all that time she was in fight or flight mode, and all that past was jammed in there too. But it takes time. Like when people think, oh, I went to a, a coach or therapist, it didn't work. I'm like, well, how long did you do it for? Right? Like they want an instantaneous result. And so Uh like for Sarah, it's like, now I'm feeling these feelings. Now everything is kind of decompressed down. My brain is emptier now of all that garbage. And I can now see clearly the things that were holding me down and all of that. So that's another thing people don't take into consideration that they're, they, I said once you free your brain that's why I like journaling I tell them I want you to do a brain dump get that out of your head and onto paper and then go back and look at it the next day and, be, and you'll be you'll be like wow what was I thinking yesterday right so you get it out of your head so there's room in there for fresh new thoughts and or just the thoughts that come in that you go huh you know you go huh that must be my mother acts this way. I can see it now. That's probably why I used to act that way instead of reacting, which is what we do. You react to something and then that just gets jammed in there with everything.
2: You said journals, Cranford, and I've been journaling since my 20s and literally one of the places I stick my foot every day is a box of journals from like my 20s Cause I, if I use it as like a, you know, and I'm like, what do I do with those? You know what I mean? I got to keep them the rest of my life? Cause I have my newer girls over here, you know, the past few years, but like. I keep yeah,
1: collecting I them all I got a whole milk crate of them in there. But
2: I was just talking to someone because I just got certified as a meditation teacher, and there's this letting go ceremony. So I thought maybe reading some of them and then burning them is like a letting go ceremony. I'm no longer that person. It no longer serves me. I was yeah. like, that's a really good idea.
0: Great idea. I love that.
1: I'm going to tell you something you said about you know they went to a coach for a couple of months or whatever. <laughs> I've, I've had people go, I don't need your class. I took a self-defense course when I was in college. I'm like, you did? How long was it? About three hours.
2: <laughs> like, I've been going to therapy since I was in my twenties. I'm 47 now. Like I can't, I don't ever see myself stopping going to therapy. So <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> three hours wouldn't do it. Crazy.
1: It's like yeah. when was that? Oh, that was in ninety-two or seventy-two
0: or yeah. You know, no, it becomes a lifestyle and it's just like with coaching. It's like, you know, did you take a shower? Today? Oh, I took a shower today, but like, so that's it. You're done. You're going to, if you took one shower, you're going to be clean forever. Like you have to right. practice these things every day. And it has, it's just like a diet. It has to be a lifestyle, not just a, I'm doing this now and then I'm going to stop. That's why when I, with my coaching, after they're they've worked with me for six months, I offer a sustain and maintain additional program. Because like, I've seen them, they'll come back to me and I'll be like, what happened? We were so good. You were so good. But like, they just stopped practice or they didn't have me, like they didn't
2: call me and be like, but it's also human nature. You know what I mean? Like I'll do a habit for like three months and then all of a sudden I fall off and I'm like, I haven't done that in three weeks. What the hell's my problem?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but you yeah. have the tools to know. Some people just go right down the rabbit hole.
2: Karen will the say things about really... me on calls, and I'm like, oh my God, she thinks so much more higher of myself than I do. And I'm like, I have like imposter syndrome. She's like, she's such a. And I'm like, oh, I so love her. I so love so her. her in <laughs> <long> ways, <Karen."
0: laughs> well, people say stuff about me too. And I, you know, like it's like, from my bag. It? I don't believe it. They're like, oh, Karen changed my life. After I met Karen, everything got better. I'm like, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> I don't like yeah, so I mean,
2: I think so, it'd be, I mean, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, that's I'll why I that.
2: said, I don't, I don't like people to feel like, you know, everybody's story, everybody's track, everybody's journey, everything is so different. You, you yeah. don't compare yourself to others. There's no timeline. Yeah. Yeah. I know. None, it. Of, none of that exists. That's only our brain telling us lies, period. Right.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, well,
1: um, all right. So- do do you guys do anything with men i I haven't i have yeah i've really been feeling drawn to a, a course that i'm putting together it's called the accidental monster and it's for guys who are good guys so that you can go wait a minute my friends are doing that and women don't like that so you can go hey bill don't do that women when you do that it makes those women uncomfortable
0: but we or, used to have a thing here in rochester called stand-up guys do you remember sarah
2: mm-hmm. it was an
0: organization of men and they were well-intended men and they were trying to get other men to help fight the fight on domestic abuse so what they would do would be things like that like they'd they'd go to a baseball game and they'd sit hear the coach go hey you're throwing like a girl right and so what they wanted men to do is go up to that coach and say, Hey, man, that's not cool. Like my daughter likes to play sports. So when you say that it makes, you know, X, Y, and Z happen. Or when you go to a bar and you hear guys telling jokes about women's bodies and whatnot, they wanted these men to say, interfere and say, Hey, I don't appreciate those kind of jokes. Well, very few men would sign on to that. And that was part of the problem. Uh,
1: Well, Tell me what you think of this, the the class is really for the men that show up. You know, I hear people go, don't teach me self-defense, teach men not to rape. I'm like, no guy is going to sign up for a class that says, <laughs> how can I not rape women? Because then everybody's going to go. So you've got a problem we didn't know about. You're, yeah. You're, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I was thinking if I create a class that says this is how you can keep your buddies from screwing up, going to jail, doing something they thought was OK and isn't and now they're going oh wait this is this is part of
2: what you think is normal banter really isn't anymore yeah. and you know we talk yeah. about this woke and people think there's too woke it's mm-hmm. like okay you live in a world and not to bring up the political landscape right now but like you live in a world where you don't have rules against who you are <laughs> like whether you agree with it or not you know what i mean like i i i am less than a human being right now I was born less than a human being because I'm female. I get paid less. I don't have the same opportunities. I don't have reproductive rights at this point in time in my life. Like, how is that? Where? How do I process that in my brain?
1: Yeah. How can you? I mean, I I can't.
2: I can't. I literally cannot. That's (laughs) part of the reason I have depression sometimes is because I can't believe I live in a world nowadays that this is an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, the past two jobs I've had, I have fought tooth and nail because I'm like, I'm doing more than this person who is a male. I have more direct reports and I'm getting paid less than we live in the same state in the same area, yeah. Yeah. you know? So I left the last job and now I'm in a place where I'm I'm good, but I, it shouldn't be a thing anymore. It makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. So that in itself, especially when it comes to men you know, oh, I can't, I, I don't think I can hug you anymore, because everyone takes it differently, that's not what anybody's saying, right. I grew up with the guys, I can banter like the rest of them, Like you wouldn't believe, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a time and place, and know your audience, yeah, yeah.
1: know your audience, <laughs> it's so simple, you know, your friend that you've been shooting the freeze with, you guys are from New York. You've heard people use language.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I use that language. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, you know, somebody that you're friends with, yeah, you can say the the silly stuff because they already know you. You know, they don't have the idea that, is he going to hurt me later? Right. Is he actually looking at me like that?
2: Or if you know you cross crossed the line. Speak up and say, you know what? I didn't mean it in that way. I apologize. And give me the opportunity to give you the leeway.
1: Yeah. It's not that you can't. What's wrong with that? You just have to (laughs) joke like you have a freaking brain in your head. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think it's a good idea. I mean, I think what you should do is create it and then try it out and see what kind of response you get. That's the best way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This
1: uh, thing that I'm doing tomorrow for... I don't know if I told you, I'm, I'm doing a presentation for a bunch of real realtors tomorrow. Oh, right. Yeah. Just kind of a generic class about what you can do in general to be safe and the other things you should know about. And I'm thinking about putting that thing together as a generic, what is Femvincible recording?
2: Yeah. yeah. I good, think it's a great yeah. idea. You know yeah. what I mean? Again, we all talk about common sense. My common sense is not the same as other people's common sense. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. all grew up in different environments, you know? So.
0: Well, then you can give that to us. What is invincible? And then we could uh, post it as well. So people will, will look at it and go, what does that mean? At least that could be connected right to it. And then your website could be there and they could look everything up. Yeah. I
2: think it'd be on great a
1: website that needs extra work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so d- would it, would it be okay if we put your link on our, um, no, I already did it. Didn't I?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah I already did it.
0: Never mind. I'm not asking. I already, did. <laughs> I already did. I already put you on there, but, um, I'm sure that the women will appreciate this. I actually almost would like to use this whole thing on my podcast, our whole conversation. This was really fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: You have my permission to use whatever you want.
0: <laughs> All right, well, I have to run you guys, but um this has been fabulous. I'm so yeah. glad we are all connected. Thanks for and connecting. Let's, and if we yeah. did do like a pod like a formal something or other, I would want Cranston asking. <laughs> why do I keep calling you that? They're, 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 okay. yeah. It's
1: close.
0: It's close. After a um,
1: friends for a while, it just becomes hey Cran. If do you people want to call there. you
0: crayon, because is that what they call you? Yeah. It's Cran. I can be
1: I can be Cran.
0: Okay. I like Cranston. I might keep that anyway um hey I've been called worse things so I think that that if you like ask the questions and then we could like interject here and there so we should try that out maybe you kind of come up with some things that you would want to be you know put out there in the world and just say we're doing it in this platform and on a podcast and then then we could then see oh oh i could add to that i could add to that and then see what we come up with that would be great and we can call it like a mini training yeah Yeah,
2: that'd be
1: cool or or what do they call it when uh a panel uh a panel discussion oh yeah
2: like a panel discussion
1: yeah i mean i did i tell you i do saturday morning lives
2: yeah i saw that on your oh yeah yeah
1: i mean we can do it there too because i mean uh, my goal is to start doing interviews with women who are either in the field of stopping violence or have dealt with it and have got themselves out of it and are living successfully.
0: I'll be on.
1: So cool. Raising awesome. my hand. <laughs> awesome. All right, you're on the list All right. then. <laughs>
0: All right, great. All right, you guys. Well, it was lovely speaking to both of you and yeah. uh, we will- We'll connect
2: on with- some stuff. If I have any ideas, I'll email you guys or yeah. something and we'll come Feel up with something. You reach out
1: to me anytime, okay? Okay. okay. Yeah, all right. Or wherever it is we we connected.
0: Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to cool. you all soon. Thanks. All right. All Bye, right. Guys. Bye. Bye. Hello. If you are interested in moving from a survivor to a thriver in your life and/or your business, I have a six-month coaching solution just for you this is how it works we meet one-on-one once a week on a coaching call from the comfort of your own home or office i meet you where you are at right now in your journey so that we can move forward from here we will identify where you are stuck and put a plan in place and a path to follow to your success if that sounds good to you just hop over to my website at karenmessina.com and sign up for your confidential consultation. What do you have to lose? Can't wait to meet you.